The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today on the podcast, we're going to do a, a sort of state of the Giants type show as the Giants uh, come off their first preseason game, a 12-7 loss to the New York Jets and head into week two of their preseason, which will include joint practices in Ohio with the Cleveland Browns. And here to help me sort of assess the uh, the state of the New York Giants is Patricia Traina of Locked On Giants and Giants Country. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ed. Glad to be halfway through summer training camp pretty soon. The regular season is going to kick in and I can't wait. Believe it or not, we are closer to the regular season than than you think, and we're kind of we're kind of deep into the weeds of of training camp and in the preseason at this point. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Deep in the weeds, I like that. I might have to steal that expression. No, 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 no! You can't <laughs> be stealing my stuff, trainer. Come on. Hey, put a copyright <laughs> on it then. I might have to just do that. Anyway, <laughs> Patricia, let's let's get into talking a little bit about the uh, about the state of the New York Giants. Obviously, the Giants Twitterverse was was all in an uproar and and ready to jump off the bridge. And another season is wasted, and everything is down the drain. And and you know, fire Gettleman and get rid of everybody after after losing to the to the jets on uh, on saturday and and i just want to tell people you know relax get a life go have dinner you know chill out it's it's a preseason game you know we're we're mostly the third stringers played so i i don't know about you patty but i just can't get all worked up about saturday no i i can't either i mean look the point of these preseason games and i i actually if you follow me on Twitter, which I know you do. I put out a tweet and I said, your annual reminder, don't get worked up either way about the outcome of the game. The purpose of these games 
is for the coaching staff to evaluate. Now, head coach Joe Judge, as we all know, said before the game, my plan is to treat this like the old preseason four, meaning that, you know, you typically in preseason four, coaches would look at guys at the bottom of the roster, give them an opportunity and let them play for, you know, to continue on with the team. So that's what he did. Now, the exception, and I think what's causing people some angst, if you will, is the offensive line, the starting offensive line, minus Shane Lemieux, who was uh, still dealing with that knee injury, was out there for about, uh, I think, 11 snaps. And I think it was was closer to like 18, Patty. It was three full series. Okay, it was three full series. I thought it was 11. Anyway, the point being is, is the unit didn't look like, you know, it had made progress. As a matter of fact, it started off very, very ugly. And I think that's what has some people up in arms, rightfully. I think the coaches are also a little concerned about that. They're concerned about the depth at that position, I think, as evidenced by the fact that I was able to get, you know, when I asked Joe Judge about, look, and I, and I said, I think I said, we know you're going to have to add somebody. You can't deny this. And he basically admitted, yeah, we're going to have to add somebody. We're going to be looking. So, you know, that was a concern. But as far as the other stuff goes, you know, you got to remember the way with roster building is you might have a position that looks like, you know, you know, but teams are going to be cutting guys and and the roster is constantly going to be churning. So even though those guys that come in are that are new, aren't going to have benefit of learning the entire playbook, they're going to learn the installs. And Joe explained that, you know, on the call with us yesterday. So I don't know. I mean, it's one preseason game. Let's see how the starters look. Let's see, you know, if they look lethargic next week against Cleveland, then we got a problem. But uh, I'm not quite putting my finger on the panic button just yet. Oh, by the way, before we move on, Patty, how did how did that tweet work out for you telling, you know, telling everybody to calm down? Actually, from what I remember, a couple of people said good advice. So it worked out well. Now, did everybody take that advice? I don't know. I mean, even I, I, I didn't even take my own advice, to be honest with you at a point, because I was like watching the offensive one. I was like, oh, my God, we're in trouble. So, um, well, but yeah, that's, that's why you sleep on these things and you, and you come back and you, and you look at stuff with fresh eyes and you look at the film again and you say, okay, maybe this guy wasn't quite as good as I thought he was, or maybe this guy wasn't quite as bad as I thought he was. On that note, Patty, let's talk about the offensive line a little bit, because when I did my kudos and wet willies, which admittedly, I think I finished that somewhere around two o'clock in the morning on, on Sunday morning. Wait, um, there's a two o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yes, there is Patty. Oh, wow. and I, I didn't know and, that. And I was very familiar with it after, <laughs> after the giants foolishly played a night game in a preseason. How dare they, How I don't, dare come they on. keep you up that late, Ed? You I know. Jeepers. I mean, you know, that's, that's like, that's so far past my bedtime that it's ridiculous, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, when I did the kudos and wet willies, the Matt Pert, rep where he gave up the sack on the first on the first first series was you know was stuck in the front of my mind and I gave Pert a wet willy now in retrospect when you watch the game again which I did you know on NFL game pass the first 
offensive line group, which is really what you need to be concerned about at this point, including Matt Pert, did not play all that badly. Now, the exception is Kenny Wiggins, of course, veteran journeyman, filling in for Shane Lemieux at left guard. And let's be honest, Kenny Wiggins is playing because he's a veteran, because he can figure out the playbook, because the Giants don't have a whole lot of other options right now. I can't get all worked up about Kenny Wiggins because I'm not convinced that Wiggins is even going to make this roster. I mean, I was looking at the other four guys and, and to me, what I saw with those four guys wasn't really all that bad. Yeah. I I didn't think the starting offensive line was a disaster. There were some rough spots that they definitely need to smooth out. Um, off the top of my head, I would say Will Hernandez had a positive showing. Nick Gates had a positive showing. Um, Andrew Thomas, I think, was, was had a had a quiet night, which was good. You know, you want those guys to have quiet nights. So Joe mentioned this on his call with us uh, the other day. He said there were some individually there were some good things. So I think those are some of the things that you can take away from. Now, granted, it was a small sample size, and it was. You know, you also got to look at the competition. I think the Giants starting line was going up against some of the Jets starters. So that was a positive. So the line was not a complete disaster. Let's make that clear. I think the backup depth is where there's a problem because, you know, there's going to be injuries. There always is. Um, and part, and of the reason, part of the reason there's yeah. a problem right now, Patty, is that there are injuries. Right, exactly. And, and, and retirements. See, you know, we, right. also, we also have to throw in the fact that there were two retirements. Right. Let's not kid ourselves. The Joe Looney retirement was huge. Absolutely. Holt, maybe not so much, but Joe Looney was a big one because Looney could back up at center and at guard. So and, now and, it's like, who's your backup center? Who's your back? You know, and Harrison's been been injured. So there, there are questions. Right. And here's the thing. I mean, I look at my timeline on Twitter and and it's and the comments at Big Blue View and it's full of, well, what was the plan? What was Gettleman doing? You know, wh- why aren't there any backups? And there aren't any backups because Zach Fulton and Joe Looney retired. There aren't any backups because Nate Solder and Jonathan Harrison and now Kyle Murphy are hurt. These guys were all part of the plan. And as Joe Judge indicated the other day in that call that that you referenced, Patty, part of the issue is that that you need these bodies right now to get through practice in Cleveland. Yes. To get through the rest of the preseason when you don't want to play your starters for tons and tons and tons of reps and get these guys beat up before the regular season starts. So, yes, the Giants need some help they're not oblivious to the fact that they need some help, but I'm sure you've done this as well, Patty. I have taken a couple of good looks at the, at, at the available free agent offensive lineman right now. And, you know, the giants were able to, to sign Ted Larson and, and, and let's be honest, Ted Larson is 34 years old. He's been around the block a lot. We don't know how good of a player he still is. The Giants probably don't know how good of a player he still is, but he's a guy that can pick up the playbook quickly. He's a guy that can function well enough to help them practice. There just aren't a lot of good options out there right now. Right. And that's what people have to remember. And, you know, everybody says, well, what about Austin Ryder? 
I think if that deal was going to happen, it might have already happened by now. Now, there's a possibility that Ryder is trying to pull, you know, a Logan Ryan where Logan Ryan took his time and waited out training camp and came in towards the end and then signed and then it was off and running. So maybe that's his plan. I don't know. But you're right. There's not a whole lot of options out there right now. If there was, the Giants would have made a move. So Here's I the- think they're waiting for, for guys to come free. Roster cuts start on Tuesday. You know, the team's got to get down from 90 to 85. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of quality offensive linemen maybe hit the streets, but you might find somebody that maybe you can develop that has the traits you want and, and, and pick it up, you know, fairly quickly. Right. Here's the thing about Austin Ryder, Patty. And I think that, that you hit on it and I've said it at big blue view as well. If the giants really wanted to make an Austin Ryder move, they would have done it by now because to be honest, I think Austin Ryder is sitting there looking for the right opportunity for him, which to me means an opportunity where the second he puts his name on the contract, he's the starting center. Yeah. Because he is a starting caliber center mm-hmm. in the NFL. Now, the Giants already have a starting center. And, you know, I go back and forth with some of my guys at Big Blue View, and I'm sorry, Nick Gates is a starting caliber NFL center, and it makes zero sense at this point to to basically implode this offensive line and move Nick Gates to guard and and basically restructure this offensive line on the fly when you're already this far into it. If they were going to do that, I think they would have done that by the start of training camp. So for me, you know, Austin Ryder, he might be the biggest name or the best offensive lineman out there. But to me, he's not the right guy for the Giants. Yeah, I, I see your logic, Ed, and you're right. You, you know, one of the reasons why I asked Joe about, you know, how quickly it can take to, you know, acclimate a guy to the, uh, the playbook and the system is because with the offensive line, it's all about chemistry. It's all about communication. And I also put the question to Nick Gates and, and Nick, you know, I don't, I don't want to misquote him. So I'm going to paraphrase here, but he basically said that, you know, guys are going to come in and he thought maybe veterans at this point might be the best option. You know, again, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but um, yeah, this, you can't blow the whole unit up. You can't restructure it at this, this juncture, because at some point you got to have those five guys out there working together. And they haven't been able to do that because of the, the Lemieux injury this summer. You know, which, you know, people will say, well, they work together in the spring. Well, they didn't have the pads on in the spring. And it's quite a different ball game when you don't have the pads on. So I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think you make wholesale changes to the offensive line unless you have to because of an injury. And uh, somebody's going to have to either come free or I could see a potential trade in the works. Maybe the Giants are you know, when the 53 man roster is formulated, maybe the giants offer, I don't know, an extra receiver or an extra cornerback, or maybe even a, you know, when Ryan Santoso maybe gets offered in a trade and maybe you make a swap. I don't know. That could be an option. Um, But at this point, it's too early to say. I would agree, Patty. You know, the thing of it is the giants understand Joe judge understands Dave Gettleman understands that, 
that the depth has to be better, that the depth that they, they need to go out and do something. The, the problem is to, to upgrade that depth in a way that's actually going to help you in the regular season. That's going to help you get through the year might not really be something that's possible to do right this second. So there is still time. There's still, you know, more than three weeks before the regular season starts. And, and I'm sure that it will be addressed. You know, as Dave Gettleman said on Sirius XM NFL radio the other day, people want, you know, people want things addressed yesterday. And with the market the way it is right now, it's just not, per, you know, it's probably not possible to fix it the way that the Giants would like to fix it, you know, right this minute. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but you got to be patient. And I, I get it. Fans patience and patience in the fan base and on Twitter, Patty, come on. Uh, I know, I know. But look, I, I get it. People are tired of losing. They're tired of, it's like Groundhog Day. The same old, same old issues are popping up. I get it. Trust me, I get it. I'm tired of it too. I'm tired of writing the same thing. Like, oh, the offensive line or, oh, this, you know, or, oh, that. Um, but it does take patience. And, you know, rosters, they're, they're very they're tricky to build. You know, you, some, there's a degree of risk that I think general managers take. And if the risks pay off, it could be a beautiful thing. If they don't pay off, it could be very ugly. So we just have to kind of let Dave go through the process here and just, you know, see what comes up, what he does, how does he respond? You know, sometimes it's not the setup. It's how you respond to the curveballs that life throws you. And the it, Giants it, are getting some curveballs here. So how right. do they respond to that? Do they, they just put their head in the sand and say, you know, oh, everything's going to be fine. Nothing to panic here. You know, like what was that scene from Animal House? No, nothing to see here, you know? So, or do they say, okay, look, we have a problem. We've got to address it and we're going to address it. So that's going it, to tell us a lot about this, this team going forward. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Right. In the meantime, there are opportunities for for young guys to to get some extra reps and to step forward and patty that's the next thing i want to talk about really as, as we talked about earlier that the preseason game on saturday was really about evaluation for joe judge and and for the giants coaching staff and front office they were looking at it as the traditional fourth preseason game they want to evaluate the bottom of the roster guys the young guys so let's talk about, you know, some of the young players, some of the guys who might be competing for roster spots, some of the guys who are, 
you know, maybe bubble players or, or might be impressing at this point. And, and I have to start with David Sills. All right. Now you just put your 53 man roster projection out this morning. And I put my 53 man roster projection out my, my latest one on Friday at big blue view. And I went through those this morning, Patty and, and, and Sills, to be honest with you, I think is the one player where we disagree. I have Sills making the roster. You have him making the practice squad. And I will admit that, that perhaps I have him making the 53-man roster. And perhaps part of that is with my heart because this kid had a tremendous training camp a year ago. He's having a tremendous training camp, was really good on Saturday. This kid moved within, you know, eight or 10 or 12 miles or something of, of Daniel Jones during the off season. He trailed Daniel Jones around the country, like a puppy dog, getting to work with him as much as he possibly could. He's done everything humanly possible to, to make this, this roster and and maybe part of my picking him to make the rosters with my heart, because I really want to see it pay off for the young man I'm sure that you've been as impressed as I have, but, but he's a guy that the path to the roster is difficult. There's no doubt. Yeah. And let me just say, you know, I would like to see him on the roster. I agree with you. My, if I was going strictly on my heart, I would say absolutely. But roster building, you know, you've got to look at the numbers at the other positions and you've got to take into consideration injuries and you've got to take into consideration, okay, the new roster rules, which are basically the same as last year, you know, with IR and stuff like that. And I, I think in a perfect world, if the Giants coming in were 100% healthy, I could make a case, a better case for David Sills being on the roster. Tight end worries me. Right now, I think the depth there you know, we don't know when Kyle Rudolph is coming back as of this recording. And when he does come back, what are they going to get from him? What is he going to be able to give them? Because remember, Joe Judge has shown that they, he has been willing to slowly ramp guys up. Well, we're running out of time here. We're about halfway through the summer. So how how slow can you ramp Kyle Rudolph up if, if he goes another week on pup? Um, they still don't know who's going to replace Levine Toilolo, a blocker. That's a big loss, too. And are you going to get a full season out of Evan Ingram, who last year gave you a full season, but is that, you know, the exception or is that the rule now going forward? So that's a problem. Running back's another issue. You know, Saquon Barkley, they they feel good about the path he's on, but they've been bringing him along slowly. And I think maybe you carry an extra guy initially until you know Barkley can get through a full game without any problems. Um over at, at edge rusher, that's another issue. You know, right now, who, what do you do with Ellerson Smith? What do you do with, um, you know, do you carry five? Do you carry six? I mean, there are so many questions and each roster position can affect the numbers at another spot. Now, here's the thing to remember, Ed, just because a guy makes or doesn't make the roster initially doesn't mean that that's final. People make the mistake of saying, Oh, it's the final 53-man roster. No, it's the initial 53-man roster. So you are going to see tweaks made once that initial roster is announced. And I guarantee you, you're going to see a lot of churning at the bottom of the roster. If you remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, maybe last year, 
and I think it was a couple of years ago, Dave Gettleman added seven new guys after the initial roster was set, which was just unheard of. So these roster projections based on what we know right now, they're, you know, quite honestly, I don't want to put down the work I did or the work you did, but they're really not worth the paper they're written on because they're, they can they're pie in the sky, Patty. Exactly. But, exactly. But, they're just, they're just fun to kind of just, you know, give people an update on what we see, you know, there's there, but there's so many variables. Injuries will cause the, the coaches to keep an extra guy at a position. Maybe they weren't planning to, or they might force the coaches to eliminate a position. You know, like I'm thinking, will the coaches keep four tight ends and no fullback, or will they go three tight ends and a fullback? So there's so many variables. And that's why, you know, based on what I did, I could not justify keeping seven receivers like I believe you did. I, I just couldn't, not with the injury situation as is. No, I, I, I understand that. You know, I sort of, people get, when they do these roster projections and when they, when they look at rosters, people get hung up on, well, you should keep, this is the ideal roster. It should have this number of receivers and this number of tight ends. And, and every single year when the, the initial roster comes out, I'm always, I always look at it and I go, Whoa, they kept a lot of players at this position and, and they really didn't keep enough players at this other position so I just looked at it like, like players who I thought were deserving of roster spots and, and left it at that. Um, you know, I'll be doing more of the, the roster predictions. And as we go along, you know, everybody does their final one after the final preseason game. Um, so I'm sure that those will, those will be modified and, and they'll be wrong anyway, Patty. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it is are. what it is, but they Hey, let's, let, let's talk about, um, a couple of other young players in terms of guys who guys who stood out young guys who, who made an impression on Saturday guys who may not make the 53 man roster, but may have at least put themselves in position to, to make the practice squad. A couple of guys for me who stood out were young offensive lineman, Jake Burton um, wide receiver slash uh, special teamer Matt Cole who made a really really nice play um to me Cole was a guy who that's how you make an impression when you've only been on a roster for a week is you make a big play on special teams you get the attention of the head coach and maybe another guy who had a nice night was uh defensive tackle David Moa um just maybe talk about those guys talk about anyone else that that you might have seen um who, who made an impression well, I'm going to add Raymond Johnson as a potential practice squatter. Um, I thought he flashed at times, but yeah, I think you hit upon the, the main guys, Ed. Um, you know, just like I said, right now, b b the roster rules as they are, and by the way, I like the new roster rules. I hope they keep them permanently. They, the fact that you can move guys up and down uh, off, off the practice squad, it, it's kind of like, you know, you don't, you don't have your heart broken if a guy doesn't make the, the, the initial 53 man roster, you know what I mean? Because you know that, oh, there's always a chance you can bring that guy up or you can always protect that guy. So it's kind of like you, you, you do have an expanded roster without actually having an expanded roster, if that makes sense. Um, you know, for me, I, I'll tell you that there are some 
it's intriguing guys. I think they have something in Heggy, Hedgy. I think it's Hedgy, right? Or right. Heggy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, needs a little bit of work because he's still kind of on the raw side, but there's some talent there for down the line. Because look, Jonathan Harrison, if he's the backup center, he's only signed to a one-year deal. So I kind of, you know, I, I look at contracts too as kind of an indicator when putting together rosters and doing roster projections and say, okay, the Giants only have their backup center signed for one year. If he doesn't make it, what's their next option? Or if he does make it, what's the guy behind him, potentially behind him going to do? So I, I factor all that in, but the young guys, you're right. Um, several of them did make some impressions and um, it's going to be tough. You know, I think the toughest spot, if, if you're in, if you're looking at the, the spot, the one position group where the coaches are going to have, I think the toughest call to make, I'm going to say it's receiver because there are a lot of guys that have stood up. You, you know, we, we, we took, we talked about Sills, uh, Matt Cole, um, CJ board is uh, obviously had a pretty good game the other night. Um, so who's going to be at the bottom of the depth chart and, you know, it's, it's going to come down to special teams and, you know, just kind of going back to Sills for a second. That was, even though that that was, uh, by design that he didn't play special teams, I'm sorry, you've got to see him on special teams because that's going to be a deciding factor. So, um, so yeah, those are some of the guys that, uh, you know, I agree with, I agree that they're, they made an impression. One, one last topic, Patty, before we, uh, before we call it a show for today, we have to talk a little bit about Kadarius Tony. I think, um, I think we learned on Saturday a little bit about why the young man's workload has been so light. Um, you know, Joe judge admitted finally that he's been dealing with an injury that he aggravated the injury in, in typical Joe judge fashion, Joe judge fashion. We don't know if it's an upper body injury, lower body injury. We don't know if it's an ear infection. (laughs) We have no, we have no idea. A bruised ego. A bruised (laughs) ego. Who knows? Um, But, but at this point in time, you know, there's been so many weird things with, with Kadarius Tony and, and, you know, COVID and, and now this and skipping the, the voluntary OTAs he's had so few reps and so much field time at this point that, and I know people throw around the word bust and this and that, and it's way too early for, for that kind of nonsense. But, but what I am concerned about at this point is how much the giants are going to be able to get from him early in the season. I mean, at, at this point, I think it's, it's very difficult for the young man to, to be ready to contribute in the first part of the year. Would you agree with at least that much? Well, let me ask you this, Ed. Do you remember Odell Beckham Jr. and how his season or how his NFL career started? Do you remember the sequence there? Had a hamstring injury, missed, I think, the first four games of the season. How did his rookie year work out? Pretty well, as a matter of fact. Okay, so I'm not saying that Kadarius Tony is Odell Beckham. I'm not saying Odell Beckham is Kadarius Tony, but... Why couldn't Kadarius Tony have a similar career path? You know, once he gets over the injury, I mean, look, I mean, the, if the Giants are in a playoff or bust mode, which even though John Mara didn't say it, I think we can all agree that that is the the mantra. I mean, do you agree with that, or, or am I just the the only I, one who thinks that? 
I don't know if it's I don't know if it's if it's playoffs or bust, Patty. But to they me, want a winning season. To me, to me, it's they they want a winning season. Okay. There are there are go to me, it's if if this is another five or six win season, especially in a 17 game season, then then problems are going to get made. Then we've got, then we've got problems. Right. If it's, if it's an eight, nine win season playoffs or no playoffs, then I think, then I think you're in a different place. Okay. But the, the point I'm trying to make is I don't get the impression that there's as much stress on the rookies to contribute. I mean, they want them to contribute. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not saying that it's a matter of, life or death that they contribute. Whereas I, I get the impression that, you know, you're going to see Kadarius Tony at some point during the year, but is he going to be the number one receiver? No, that's going to be Kenny Galladay. Is he, is Kadarius Tony going to see as many snaps as Sterling Shepard? Probably not. Will he see snap the same number of snaps as maybe Darius Slayton that, that I could see. So Kadarius Tony's, um, time will come, you know, and you can make the case for the other guys, you know, Ojolari, I think at some point will become the starter at that other uh, uh, edge rusher spot. But in the beginning, I don't see that maybe happening. Um, So the point is, is all these guys, I don't think there's as heavy a reliance on the rookie class. I mean, they're going to be expected to contribute, but it's not a matter of life and death. And, oh my God, if these guys don't contribute that the season's over. That's and that may actually that that actually is a good thing, Patty, because we see what happens over and over when when you're relying on rookies to be your key players. That that's not necessarily a good thing because right. you know these guys are not as Joe Judge says they're not as ready as they think they are, right? And they're not as ready as we always want them to be. And I always go back to this when it comes to rookies and when it comes to the draft, the draft is not always about the current season. The 2021 draft, for example, is not necessarily just about 2021. It's about the future and it's about guys that you think can be long-term contributors, not just 2021 contributors. Exactly. That's why when I do 53 man roster projections, I always look at contracts always because sometimes you can find a lot of clues in there as to what guys are thinking. Now, if a guy comes in, if a rookie comes in and he absolutely blows the doors off of everything and he looks, you know, like, like the next hall of famer, there are exceptions. I'm I'm not saying that, you know, a contract should preclude a guy from, you know, making a bigger contribution than maybe was originally anticipated, but as a rule, Joe Judge, this year, if, if we've learned nothing else, he's taking guys at a little slower pace. I mean, look at how he's not rushing guys back from injury or from the COVID list. He's trying to be smart because, look, it's going to be a longer season. Why risk these guys? Why, you know, put them out there and drown them and have their confidence, you know, compromised? Build them up. Get them comfortable with what they're doing. You've got veterans to, to kind of, fill the gap, if you will. And in time, everybody's going to mesh together. And when they do, hopefully the product is going to be really, really something special to watch. Hopefully so, Patty, because it would be nice to uh, 
to to cover a winning football team, to watch some good football for a change, maybe to uh, maybe to see a playoff team. Anyway, Patty, with with all of that said, I think that's a good place for us to uh, to to wrap up the show for today. Why don't you uh, let folks know if you've got anything anything interesting or anything special coming up uh, before we sign off? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Traina T R A I N A. Um, check me out at Giants Country. We've got a bunch of content. We've actually started doing some uh, early, early draft stuff. So if you want to find out who some of the names are to watch this fall, um, we've got a guy who's been Zach's, Zach Deitz, who's been uh, working uh, on putting together some different draft prospects and for each of the different conferences. And on the Locked on Giants podcast, which I host, we just launched the YouTube channel last week. So as I've been telling everybody, if I get to a thousand subscribers on that channel, I get a lollipop from the Lock Network. So Edward, make sure you subscribe. A, a lollipop? What, I but, get a lollipop. What, My choice of flavors. What, what do I get for subscribing to your channel, Patty? You what get do the I pleasure get? of seeing my face every day. There's, there's, there's nothing I can say at this point. That's actually going to be a good thing right now. <laughs> we're actually recording this. I mean, video we're on a zoom call. So we see each other folks. I wish you could see Ed's face, right? <laughs> it is classic. I oh. might have to make that my Christmas card. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in a lot of trouble here. Patty. Yes, you are Edward. You, <laughs> right. Oh my God. We're like, uh, sometimes I swear we're like, we're like, an old married couple the way we bicker sometimes but it's all good oh i yeah i suppose you're right patty and and with that said i think giants fans have heard enough of us bickering (laughs) for today so giants fans thank you as always for listening patty thank you for coming on giants fans please remember to subscribe to big review radio check us out on instagram check us out on facebook on twitter on youtube Pretty much uh, any way you get your information, you can find content uh, from Big Blue View. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.